I know that you all hear me talk so much about leveraging the audience of others in order to grow your own digital business. And today, we're going to dive into that same thing, but with a little more twist than strictly just using email list building events. And that is through speaking. Now, I know that the idea of speaking can often create instant anxiety for some of us, me especially, but there's a lot more to speaking than just getting on stage in front of a live audience. And that's exactly what we're going to chat about today. This is the School of Marketing for Digital Entrepreneurs. My name is Megan Ward, creator of the Pop-Up Podcast and founder of the Email Template Shop. I believe that running a profitable digital business does not require subscribing to the hustle culture in order to make a comfortable living and find freedom in the things that you love most. If you dream of having a digital business without the constant late night work sessions, then you're in the right place. So you can find simple strategies to set you apart in your industry with real actionable steps for this digital marketing world so that you can grow and build your business. The only question is, are you ready? If so, welcome to the School of Marketing podcast. Welcome back to episode 19. So way back in 2020, I was putting together my very first email marketing course and I was putting together my first webinar to go with that course, but I didn't know where to begin. And luckily for me, I found today's guest who helped me to understand more than just how to write a webinar, but she helped me to fully grasp how to craft a well put together talk that nurtures my audience and meets them where they are at. Named one of the top small business experts to watch in 2018 and the founder of one of the top websites for solopreneurs in 2020, Jessica Rasdell is helping small business owners scale their impact and income through tried and tested communication strategies. As a best-selling author, motivational speaker, and host of the Speak to Scale podcast, Jessica partners with small business owners to help them scale their business and their impact from the stage. Jessica has shared her story of turning a mess into a message for over 16 years. She's been featured on major international media outlets such as ABC's 2020, Katie Couric, The Guardian, MTV, Netflix, and many more. And today, Jessica is fiercely dedicated to helping small business owners like us craft presentations and speaking strategies that connect with their audience and scale their business from the stage. And when she's not handcrafting presentations for industry experts, she's homeschooling her children in sunny Florida. And if I may add, posting the absolute best Instagram stories of her chickens in her backyard. So please join me in welcoming Jessica Rasdell to the podcast today. Jessica, I am so glad that you are here to chat with us today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So Jess, you and I met back in 2020. I think it was probably the fall of 2020 because you came to speak at a membership that I was a part of. And I believe your presentation that day was all about crafting webinars and crafting your talk. And that was something that I was interested in learning more about at the time. And I immediately became a fan because of your Schitt's Creek references (laughs) in your talk. And I signed up for your coaching program that very day, mostly for the education, but also the Schitt's Creek gifts really put it over the top for me. You know, I try to pepper in the things that will draw in people with a 
twisted sense of humor and take life lightly like me. And it seems to work really well. (laughs) Yeah, there was a really good group in that coaching program that you had. So it definitely worked. It did it. Um, And for everybody that's listening in, I have just learned so much from Jessica over the years, and I cannot wait for you all to learn from her today. She's an absolute wealth of knowledge when it comes to speaking, but Jess, you just make it so much less intimidating. And I've always told my listeners that speaking is just another key to growing your email list and your digital business because it creates that visibility for your business and for your products. But I know that the idea of speaking can just make some people very nervous, me for one, and especially if we haven't done it before. But before we dive in how to get started with speaking, can you just help redefine for us what speaking actually is? Absolutely. That's such a great place to start because I think so often when we're speaking, when I'm speaking on a stage or on a podcast or just even to people one-on-one, when you say the word speaking, it's like we immediately get this picture in our mind of a giant stage in front of thousands of people, you know, spotlight on us, sweaty palms, and we start to freak out. And they're like, well, yeah, no, I don't need to do that for my business. Like, I'm not going to go be the next motivational speaker. That's not something I need to do. But when you hear the word speaking, I want you to just think about communications, right? Like a communication strategy for your business. All the ways that you show up as the face of your company to extend the reach that you've worked so hard to build and to leave your audience better than you found them. And that can look like podcasts, webinars, live streams, interviews. Like, I mean, if you take it even further and you have a great core message that you breadcrumb out. It's also the way you show up on social media and how you email your list. It's truly the way that you show up as the face of your company. But the piece that makes it work is when we think about speaking, if you think about the big giant stage and the sweaty palms, and you did have to go do something like that today, I bet you would be a little polished, right? A little more polished than maybe you are sitting at your desk or in your car on the treadmill listening to this but you'd probably maybe take the sweatpants off. I'm sitting here in pajama pants, so no judgment (laughs) whatsoever. I'm wearing a a chicken t-shirt and pajama shorts, so uh, we're good. (laughs) There's no judgment. But if you were going to be on a big stage, you'd probably, you know, run the brush through your hair, maybe take off the sweats, and you'd come a little bit more polished. And when we can look at all the ways we show up in our business as speaking, we show up a little bit more polished. You know, we come with a message prepared. We bring a little bit more energy. And that level of just dialing in the work that we're already doing allows us to make such a bigger impact and with the people that we've really been called to serve. I love that so much. And a lot of us and a lot of the people tuning in, we already are showing up on Instagram stories, maybe not as polished, but we are showing up and we are talking about our products and our offers and our messaging and we're making reels and we're doing that sort of thing. Um, But it's just taking it that extra step further. And oh, and if you're already doing it, you're doing the hardest part. (laughs) Like you're already doing the hardest part. Because the magic of speaking friend to friend, business owner to business owner, aside from all of the impact, because I'm never going to minimize the way we can change the world with speaking and the way that, you know, 
great people who are sharing good messages really do change the world around them and they leave sparks in people that will just create a ripple effect you'll never be able to measure. So I don't want to minimize that. But if we're going to get down to the strategy for a second here, speaking allows you to get in front of somebody's audience that you didn't have to build. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important part. Okay. Yeah. Like if we go back to 2015, when I first started my coaching and consulting company after being a public speaker for a decade, I didn't know anything about the online space at all. I had zero social following, zero email list, thought funnels were used in the kitchen. <laughs> like, you know, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know what any of this was. And I leaned on what I did know which was speaking, I knew without a doubt, because I had done this so many times on large stages, that if I could just get in front of someone's audience and share the message they needed to hear, they were now my audience, right? Like mm-hmm. I had a way, I was going to bring them back. I mean, my people, I can connect with people that way. And I just leaned into what I knew. And at the time, the platform was Periscope. Okay. So we're just going to age my business a little bit. Just taking us way back for a minute. <laughs> we're just going to step back in. And without any kind of systems or processes or automations, which are lovely today, but I didn't have them then, I was able to show up and speak live to other people's audiences on Periscope. And I sold out my first group coaching program right there live via speaking. I was able to have my very first six-figure year in my business before I ever had a thousand people on my email list. You know, I leaned on what I knew. And while I'm not saying you shouldn't have automations, you shouldn't have funnels, you shouldn't have an email list, that is key. But if you're starting from scratch, you don't have to spend all the time building your own audience if you could just get in front of somebody else's in the process. Isn't that? And there's the beauty. And they, y'all have heard me say it a million times before, leveraging the audience of others. There's just such magic there. And I think like when you say it, if somebody's hearing it for the first time, it could sound manipulative or taking advantage of somebody. And I want to make it really clear that if that's the intention that you're bringing to the table, speaking is just not going to work for you. It's not going to go very far. Like that's, it just won't work because speaking is about relationships. It's about long-term relationships. And if you can go into it thinking about collaborating with the host, collaborating with the audience, linking arms with people, figuring out how you can serve them well, and not just looking for a quick return or what you're going to get in this moment right now, it will pay off for years to come. You know, I have stages that I spoke on years and years ago that those hosts are still referring me, inviting me back, pointing people to me. And you just, you can't measure the impact that you continue to make, but also the impact that it has on your business. Absolutely. And I'm just thinking when you mentioned that, you know, I've not been on stages yet at the time that this is being recorded, but thinking back to memberships that I have spoken in of other people's memberships, podcast episodes I have been on, those people are still referring to me from back when I first started in like the fall of 2020 and early 2021, which, you know, people are just still coming. Hey, I heard you on so-and-so's podcast, or I just saw the recording that you did for this membership like over a year ago, and they're still coming back. And those hosts 
the people who own the memberships or the podcasts are still referring me out because of how I shared such good quality information with their audience. Absolutely. And the type of stages that you speak on, it it just, it's wild how much of an impact you make. Like virtual stages are great. And a lot of times they can be evergreen stages, right? Like podcasts are incredible. Speaking on podcasts allow you to just get a great SEO boost. There's a link that lives there forever. People who are searching for what you do will find you. It's a great way to create an evergreen lead source. Virtual events, conferences, summits, things like that are great for boosting digital product sales and growing your email list. But in-person speaking does something different. And if you have any kind of high-touch, high-end offers, pre-COVID, my one-on-one services were entirely full. If you looked at like where that lead source came from, it was speaking. But it wasn't just selling the people in the room. This was the wild thing that I didn't notice until we dove into the data to kind of figure out what was working and what wasn't. That sometimes those one-on-one clients, those done-for-you, those high-end coaching, VIP days, things like that, if they weren't in the room when I spoke, if they didn't come from that, it was because somebody was in the room, watched me speak, and referred them. When you speak in person in like a more intimate setting, trust is built so fast. And we're in a world where it's just harder and harder to build trust because people can throw up a website and call them an expert on call themselves an expert on anything these days you know we're just it's becoming a little bit harder to trust people and when you can show up and people can hear your voice and see it in your eyes and connect with you whether that's virtually or in person we can just build trust so much faster I love that so much so when it comes to leveraging speaking to grow your digital business like we've been talking about and grow that email list, it all comes down to two things I know that I've heard you mention before, right, Jessica? Yep. You need to get in front of the right audience and you need to have an intentional presentation that's crafted to convert, like non-negotiable. You have to have those two things as part of the equation because let's say you have an amazing presentation, wow worthy, but you're delivering it in front of people who your product doesn't serve. I always think about like, if I'm a dog groomer and I'm trying to sell dog grooming services in front of a room of people who love cats, it's going to fall flat, right? It's just not going to work. And vice versa, you could be in front of the most incredible room of burning hot leads. But if you're just like, oh, I'll repurpose that podcast episode and you know, you don't design a presentation that is going to meet them where they are and move them to the next step, you're not going to see the conversions you hope for. You've got to be in front of the right people and with the right message. And when it comes to the right message, how do you know what is the thing you should be talking about? Okay. You got a pen? Grab a pen. (laughs) (laughs) There's... The easiest way to kind of figure out what you should be talking about is I'm going to assume that you have something to sell, right? Okay, I'm going to just assume you have something to sell. And if you don't, I want you to think about what your business is going to look like over the next 6 to 12 months because we want to consider the life cycle of your presentation. So take a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on one side of the paper, I want you to write down the ways that money comes into your business. You know, what are your sources of revenue? What are your digital products? What are your coaching programs? What is 
What do things look like? Where does money come from? And if you have more than one, circle the ones that are your biggest focus for the next six to 12 months where you really want to drive people to, where you feel like you've got your systems dialed in, you have the capacity to take on more people there. Um, There's not really a ceiling. And then on the other side of the paper, I want you to write down all the things you could talk about, the things that light you up, the things your audience asks you for, the things that feel right. Because as a small business owner, we wear a lot of hats and we can often feel like, well, I could talk about all these things. And not all those things are going to point back to generating more leads and sales for you. So I want you to get really honest with yourself and try to draw lines between those offers that are important to your business and speaking topics. Those topics do not point back to an offer. You probably shouldn't be talking about them right now. That will get you into a position where you're speaking just to speak and not speaking to grow your business. Mm -hmm. We really want to focus on topics that point back to your offers. I have a very specific example. Now, I'm going to change it a little bit as to not (laughs) not throw anybody specific under the bus, but I I had attended a summit and I forget what year it was. And this person gave the best talk. I learned so much about this specific topic. We're just going to say it was website design. Okay. That's what we're going to go with. That was not what it was, but then I specifically wanted to know more about that. So I reached out to that person thinking they've got to have a service to help offer this or something that I can you know, even dig deeper into this topic with them. And this person, when they wrote me back, they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much, you know, for the compliment on their amazing talk. But I don't actually offer those services. And I was so confused. And I was like, why in the world <laughs> did you put together this whole presentation? I was so upset because I want they do know about it, but they didn't even have services about that topic. And I was so I, I was kind of let down, but also I'm like, well, what are you, why were you spinning your wheels doing that? So I just use that example to tell everybody, like, you might have something that you could talk for days about, but if it doesn't lead back to something that's going to be bringing in revenue at some point for you, then don't waste your time. A hundred percent. I had the same thing happen and I was at an event. It was the first in-person speaking engagement I did post like COVID and events being closed. And this woman got up on the stage and she was incredible. And remember, I'm a speaking coach. I'm, a, I'm, I'm watching these talks, right? <laughs> like I'm watching. And she was so good. Like she had me at the edge of my seat. I was so captivated by her and the way she taught this content made it so easy. And it was, I've written talks on that same subject for multiple different clients before. So I've covered it in different ways, but the way she shared about it, it was stuff I had never heard before. I was like, I want anything she does. Like I'm going to go buy all of her stuff right now. And it was the same thing. Like she didn't even, that's not what she does. It's not what she offers. And I felt so confused from all different angles. (laughs) And I think often like it's a bad business move because you just got in front of a bunch of people who could have bought from you, but you're really doing your audience a disservice at that point because our job is to show up and leave them better than we found them. And by showing them that there's a gap in their business that they want to fix or fill, but not having a next step for them to fix or fill it. Like we just opened up a wound that was completely unnecessary. So while you could speak about anything, you shouldn't. (laughs) You should really 
focus on the topics where you can point your audience to a next step. So not only you can grow your business in the process, but they can start seeing progress on the transformation they're wanting to achieve. Yeah, that's so valuable. Just that right there. If you take nothing else away from this episode, this right here. So now that we've been diving in what to talk about, what to not talk about, how do you find places to speak at? How do you get those speaking gigs and opportunities? We overcomplicate this one a lot. Like I get a lot of questions of like, where's, where's the magic site? Where's the database, right? Like just tell me how to go <laughs> unlock this magic list of events. And uh, you already have it right in front of you. Because we, what did we say the combination was? Like the magic formula for growing your business with speaking was getting in front of the right audience and with the right talk. And that's the right audience, which is your buyer's are the right audience if you're looking for more buyers, if you're looking for more leads. So ideally, the easiest way, what you want to do is focus on places where people like your buyers, like your ideal clients are hanging out. Where are they? You know, are what podcasts are they listening to? What communities are they a part of? What events are they going to? Like we, we talked about in the very beginning, Megan was saying that I was doing a guest presentation and somebody else's uh, membership because I knew my people were in that space and I wanted to reach them. So an easy, easy way that you can do this is by asking your audience. You can send an email out to your list every few months or so and kind of pepper in a series of questions, asking them what podcasts they're loving, what conferences they're attending, what communities they're a part of and see where they are. You can make it a part of your onboarding process and when you're getting new clients or new customers, making out one of the questions you ask them as they're coming in, kind of figuring out who are the people they're looking to for leadership, you know, what spaces are they hanging out in? Or you could right now open up your phone, go to your Instagram stories, pop up a question box and literally ask your audience where they're going. What podcasts you could literally just say, like, if you're talking about business, what business podcasts are you loving right now? And you're going to have an entire list of places that you could pitch today without doing any research. It's so easy to do. And that's the very first thing that I did once I joined um, the now former Speaking Strategy Academy. <laughs> but when I did that and I got on Instagram stories, I was doing polls and putting it all up there very quickly within the first week of joining Jessica's Academy. And she wrote me, she said, I know what you're doing. And it worked. <laughs> and so now what at least once a year, I'm throwing those polls back up there just to see because my audience has maybe it's changed a little bit. I've got, you know, there's new audience members and I need to know what they are consuming, where they are going, and who else that they are listening into. So that way I know which podcast to go pitch and which conferences to keep an eye out for. Yes, because we can get in our little bubbles online, you know, and oftentimes your audience is not at the same level that you are. They're usually a few steps behind. And you might be looking to different leaders, to different podcasts, to different resources than they are. And you don't know where they are if you don't ask. So <laughs> I just ask. I'm not going to guess because that, I don't know. I just want the answer. <laughs> okay. So let's say that we know what we're going to talk about and we also know what we're not going to talk about. And then we know um, 
some, we'll just start with podcasts um, or maybe, you know, going into someone's membership. Let's just say, okay, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to talk. But how are we going to start? What are the first steps to start to craft a talk that's going to convert? Do you have any tips for us on that? Absolutely. Writing talks is probably my favorite piece of the whole speaking puzzle. (laughs) But there's a couple things you want to consider. Hands down, the most important piece, again, like we said, is the right people with the right message. So we need to know as much as we can about people in the room. You start by doing your homework, whether that's interviewing the host, giving them a form to fill out, just diving into the community and doing your own homework. But you need to figure out who these people are, where they are, what they're struggling with, what they're hoping for, so you can meet them where they are. I am, outside of work, I homeschool my kids. And it has been a hard lesson to learn that curriculum and programming, there's this fine line of challenging your audience and overwhelming your audience, right? And if if I'm giving my kids work that's too hard, they're going to feel frustrated and defeated. And it's going to be a nightmare for both of us. If I'm giving them stuff that's too easy, they're going to be frustrated and annoyed. And it's going to be difficult for both of us. And it's the same with speaking is you really need to have a deep understanding of your customer journey. And at what, you know, not everybody is going to meet you at that same stage. And we need to figure out where is this audience that you're speaking to right now? Are they even problem aware? Do they know that this thing that they're struggling with is even a problem? Do they know it's a problem, but they don't know how to fix it? So in my case with speaking, for example, speaking to business owners is really general, right? You could say, oh, I talk to business owners, but that would make it really hard to have a high converting talk. I need to understand where are those business owners at? Are they just starting to figure out what their message is or are they already speaking and they're trying to dial in conversions? Because those are two completely different places, different seasons and different messages that they need from me. So if I'm booking an event, to, if I'm like going to speak inside of someone's private community, I want to know, tell me about the people in here, right? What season of life are they in? What does business look like for them? What are they struggling with? And I know if they're at the beginning of that customer journey, I probably want to talk to them about figuring out their story, figuring, you know, getting them comfortable with visibility, those first steps, because I want them to get traction. If we can get the audience traction, if we can get them taking that first step, which is the hardest, they're going to trust us and want to keep taking steps with us. But if I talk to that person and they say, oh, you know, our clients in here, they're starting to speak, they're doing these things, it's just not quite working for them, then I'm like, cool, let's talk about conversions. Let's talk about optimization. Let's talk about streamlining this stuff. And that way they know that I can meet them right where they are. So if you're going to craft a presentation, the most important piece of that is not, so often we can look and say like, well, what do I need to share? What is what is this message that I have? And that's all fine and dandy. But if you want to grow your business, You need to know what your audience needs from you, where they are right now so that you can meet them there. It's like walking up to a table in a restaurant and offering them dessert when they haven't even ordered their drinks. They're not ready for that. I mean, I would take it. I'll I'll take the dessert. But, you know, that's not what they're looking for at this moment. Mm -hmm. And if we can start to think about our presentation in that way of, of how can I meet them here, the next step becomes a lot easier. 
And when you're talking about next steps, it just rem- and we talked about conversions, having you know, this whole thing is how do you craft a talk that converts? When it comes to the end, what you're going to ask them to do next or invite them to do next, that call to action, y'all will see me type it as a CTA. So anybody that's new, that just means a call to action, something that you're wanting them to take action on. What are some CTAs that you recommend that you've seen that work and those that don't work? I love this and could talk about this all day. Okay, so (laughs) like, let's go. It's going to be different for each person. And while I'm going to tell you specifically examples of next steps and CTAs that are working and are not working, what I want you to think about is the more important piece of this puzzle is not what CTA it is, but does that CTA fit my talk? Okay. You cannot just go grab any opt-in that you have and slap it on the end of a talk. It's not going to work. It's going to feel really really uncomfortable for your audience. If you can position that next step as their next step, it doesn't even feel like a call to action. It's just like when Megan and I are talking about being in a room with a speaker who doesn't have that next step. You're like, where was it? I wanted it, right? We're we're craving that next step. So what I want you to think about is don't think about the conversion yet. I want you to look at that talk and figure out, okay, if this is where my audience is, These are the things I'm going to teach them or challenge them or talk about when I'm done with this talk. What is the first thing my audience should go do in order to see a result? You know, what is that first thing they need to do? It could be a resource. It could be an offer that you have. It could be so many different things. But you need to back into that. Don't just slap a conversion on the end of your talk. And it might sound like more work. Like, well, what? I don't have that thing yet. Maybe I didn't create an opt-in that fits with my talk. Yeah, you're probably going to have to make a new opt-in. It is what Mm -hmm. it is. But that's why it's important to not talk about five, you know, different speaking topics. Once you get those dialed in, you know, these are my signature speaking topics, you'll have signature next steps ready to go. You don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. So we're going to look at the talk first and figure out what is that next step. And let's say... Um, Like we're talking about today, we're talking about speaking and maybe that next step for them was figuring out their speaking topics. Like we'll use that as an example because I'm notoriously bad at coming up with examples on the fly. So let's, let's roll with that. So if let's just say I don't have a resource for that, which I do, I have an incredible workbook for that in the shop. <laughs> let's pretend that I didn't have a resource for how to select your speaking topics. If I was going to figure out what's the best format to have an opt-in for this or to have to to give this to my audience after my talk, let me tell you what's working really well and what's not working real well. So based on the data that I'm seeing with my audience and with my own presentations, one, you've got to test and tweak and figure out what your audience likes and doesn't like because you know your people better than I know your people. And all of our audiences are not going to be the same. So for some of my clients who have audiences that maybe aren't as advanced with technology, the easiest opt-ins will work for them. They can even put their slides on the screen and the people will download their slides, okay? It doesn't really matter. But if you have a more advanced audience, if your audience does digital marketing, if your audience goes to a lot of events, is used to seeing speakers, is getting burnt out from the same things, you need to get a little more creative. 
So your best conversions are going to be ones that are timely, that ask them to take action quickly, and that feel very customized. So one thing that I'm finding has been working so well, quizzes, 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 quizzes always work great because people want to know that they're getting a custom experience. So adding a quiz at the end. So another thing too has been gifting a digital product. This has hands down been, I can't believe I'm even talking about this here. <laughs> this has been <laughs> hands down the highest converting opt-in that we have been seeing. And when I say highest converting, I want to I share my definition of highest converting because it's really easy to go be a part of a summit or something that's very list building or a bundle and to throw in an offer, get a bunch of emails, and then maybe you lose a lot of those subscribers afterwards, right? Like, which is just part of the game. I mean, it's what you're doing. When I'm talking about highest converting, I'm talking about the people who are getting on your email list and they're staying on your email list or they're buying. Okay, I'm talking about ones that don't just give you a vanity metric. And that has been a free gift. And what that free gift looks like is let's say that I we were given a presentation today. I was talking about speaking. And I said, you know, the first thing I want you to go do is figure out what your core speaking topics are. So you can, for the next, and I'll say, I don't want you to just figure it out and not do anything with it. Like, I want you to go figure this out today. So what I would do is I would put up a slide and I would show them the product that we have in our shop, which is our like how to select your speaking topics workbook. I'd let them know it's whatever price it is. I don't even know. <laughs> and then I would say, you know, as a thank you for being here, I'm going to gift this to you today. But it's only going to be available, you know, for the next 24 hours or whatever. So it would challenge them to go get it right now because it's very easy for people to be excited in the room and then leave that room and be like, eh, I'll get to it someday. Like, I don't want that. I don't mm -hmm. want them to be excited. I want them to create change. So I would show them a paid product and then gift it to them with a short window. And what that is going to get is a lot of people to obviously – download your digital product. Um, it's not going to cost them anything. But then on the back end of that, you can add a tripwire at the end. You can add an mm -hmm. upsell at checkout. You can recommend other products that would be a great next step for them. And the most important piece to this puzzle, if you really want to dial in those conversions, it's what are you doing with them after they get that product? How can you stay in touch with them to make sure they're implementing it? Because if somebody has seen you speak, you've built that trust and now you're helping them get results, they're going to stay with you for the long term and your lifetime value on your clients is going to go through the roof. I absolutely love that. So sorry for the mini master class. No, <laughs> we're here for it. We're all here for it. Um, so I'm just thinking like, man, you're, you've got them pumped up and they're excited and the end of your talk and you're like, and here's this thing. And so they're excited and then there's that sense of urgency. I've got to grab this thing. Yeah. I, I know it's a bit her talk. If I don't amazing, get it right now, it's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah. I have to pay for it then. Mm -hmm. But let me say a couple of things that aren't working as well, I guess I should say, in yes. case you're like, I don't have to do all that. I'll just go. Do not make people text their phone number. Okay. Please don't do that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Unless your audience likes that. Again, I will say everybody's audience is different, and some mm -hmm. would. I would never. <laughs> and I know that was really big 
few years ago. But you want to think about like, what if every speaker is doing that on the lineup? Like how many text messages is this person going to take on their phone before they just snap and Mm -hmm. unsubscribe from everything? Those aren't working as well. Um, I would say if you have an option to put a URL on your slide or to put a QR code, always put a QR code because if one thing COVID did great for us digital marketers is it made everybody learn how to use QR codes for menus. So you'll notice if you're at an event and someone puts one on a screen, all the phones go up. We like know what to do with those. Um, Boring PDFs and checklists are not converting. That's just, you're not going to get And I know it sounds great. You probably have some incredible resources that you're like, but I've already made it and it's really pretty. I'm sure it is. But your audience has like a whole folder of those pretty PDFs they've done nothing with. Y'all have heard me say it. (laughs) You need to set yourself apart. We all have them. But it's not going to make the difference that this other CTA she's talking about is going to make. Yes. And I will say, um, Megan, I'll talk to you guys all day about the private podcast with the right topic. Those can be an incredible next step as well, particularly the type of audience that I would use a private podcast for at the end of my presentation would be those very beginner based audiences who I know are going to need a little bit more nurturing. Mm-hmm. Right. If you know you're going to speak in front of an audience who maybe isn't quite ready to buy from you just yet, there's some other things they need to learn grow, do, moving them into a private podcast is perfect because you can use that space as a way to prepare them and kind of speed them up on the customer journey. And y'all could call that a a private workshop if you want to, audio workshop. That will go over well. And those can be, and I've told you before, those can be a paid product. So if you have it as a paid product, you should go speak to a group and then you're like, hey, I have this thing. It's usually 47 bucks. You can grab it, ne- grab it now for the next 24 hours for free, just like Jessica told us. And I think that that's going to really um, get a lot of more conversions for you as well. Because I'm just thinking like, let's say you're at a conference. These people are about to be flying home. They're going to need something to listen to. They could be consuming that almost immediately after you've given your talk. And there's so many ways to rethink an opt-in, a product, a next step. But if you're not thinking about it as a next step and you're just thinking about it as a conversion, it's not going to convert as well. So we really start to think about where is my audience now? What's the next step they take? And then it's just how do I deliver that to them? Like yes. what's going to be the most fun way to get that to them? I love that so much. I love it. Well, okay, so we've gone through all of this. If there's anybody that's listening, Jessica, that's still like, I don't know, like this whole, this still makes me incredibly nervous. Is there anything that you would want to share with them about facing those fears? Absolutely. So often I think when we feel like speaking is not for us, it's because we're looking at somebody else, somebody else's path, somebody else's strategy, and it doesn't feel right. So the very first thing I would say to do is to figure out what speaking should look like or could look like for your business. And when we can start to see how speaking can increase our brand awareness, build authority, increase sales, increase revenue, whatever it might be, it's going to be different for all of us. We can start to look at it differently. And if you're not sure what that looks like, we've got a really great 10 question quiz that'll help you figure out what your path is for your unique business, for your business model, for the season that you're in, 
And then it will guide you to like those first steps, how to find events, where you should talk, what you should talk about. And you can take that quiz at howtostartspeaking.com. And I feel like once, once you know really why you're in this and what it could look like, the way you look at speaking changes. You don't, you no longer see someone else on a stage. You see your business expanding its reach. And that's really all we're trying to do. I love that. So if y'all listen, howtosmartspeaking.com. That's so easy to remember. Of course, I'm going to put it in the show notes. Jessica, this has been incredibly helpful. I know everybody's going to find such value in this episode and everything that you shared with us today. But let us know how can everybody find you? How can we connect? Yeah, I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. So um, my Instagram DMs are always open. You can come ask me any questions you have. I'd love to hear when you did the little exercise today, like what topics you came up with. So just send me a DM over at Jessica Rastel. Wonderful. Well, I will link all of that below. But again, thank you, Jessica, so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the School of Marketing podcast today. If you loved this episode, please leave a five-star review and hit the follow or subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. This will help the show reach even more entrepreneurs like you. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all the details mentioned in today's episode. And a big thanks to Studio Pizza Productions for making this show sound amazing in your AirPods. If you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out the email template shop and join the School of Marketing community on Facebook. And remember, may your email list forever be larger than your social media following.